Welcome to the 15 Minute Rev. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Happy Friday. Little Danny Gokey going there for you. You know, it's funny. I used to work at a radio station. I think God's given me every opportunity to work in different facets of the arts before I went into TV and film. It was just interesting, you know, how things that you learn. Hey, how are you, Cynthia? It's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I used to work for Magic 95 FN. FM and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I used to make uh, voiceovers and voice dubs, commercials, stuff like that. And so a lot of fun. Learned a lot. But uh, yeah, it took me a while to kind of reiterate that and reincorporate that into here. But that was then. This is now. So how's your Friday? How's everybody doing this afternoon? I got my Facebook up and going again. I'm so happy. So we got Facebook on. We got YouTube back on. Hi, everybody. Good to see you here on YouTube. It's good to, good to see everybody on Facebook as well. Hope you're having a great week. I think that everybody is just beyond. Uh, beyond is beyond uh, as far as what's going on in our world right now. I've got a word about that too. Encourage you and to try to motivate you to stay with it. Don't give up on what God's telling you to do. You're just going through a test. I'm, I'm not kidding. You're just going through a test. If it seems like things, hey, Jacqueline, if it seems like things are just dragging on and on and on and on and it's never going to end, you're fearing that it's never going to end. The Lord said it's almost over. Hang in there. Don't quit. As a matter of fact, I was going to read a prophetic word to you, but it's more for our team. So God said no. That's, instead, he gave me this for you. <clears throat> so what's today's topic about? If you're just joining us for the 15 Minute Rev, good afternoon. I hope you've had a great week. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. The title today is The Destiny of a Nation, Sick of Waiting. I'm not trying to speak that of you. I'm just telling how most people feel right now. Um, closure coming and the abiding bride. The abiding bride. The, let, me, let me even add this to it. I'm not trying to add to it or take away from it. But this is how most of us feel. It's like we're just abiding. <laughs> we're not complaining. We're just waiting for this thing to end and just to get on with things. Let's let's just get this show on the road kind of mentality. Kind of thing. You feel like that? That's how a lot of people feel. But God's given you ample opportunity. He's actually taking his time because he's trying to help the church get cleaned up, if you haven't noticed. Um, and actually, that's God's mercy, if you think about it. He, it's his mercy trying to guard you and, and to guide you inside. And a lot of people have chosen to stand outside of the feast. And guess what's coming up? The high holy days. We're supposed to be coming out and through into our new. But a lot of people have chosen to stay the same. So you can't come in like the five virgins. This is what's going on around you. What's going on spiritually and in the natural. If you haven't noticed, things are heating up on the world scene with the truth coming out everywhere now. It's coming out everywhere. And the, and the news has changed. The way they present the news is all different now. Instead of being polite and talking about surface issues, dancing around issues, they're getting right down to the brass tacks. Hey, we think you're a fraud. We think you stole the election. We, matter of fact, don't think it anymore. We know it. And uh, we think that everything's a big coup. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that, they're saying the word, the big C word. So anyway, people are standing up. Because they're fed up and they're putting not putting up with the illegal compliances any longer. They're even speculating that there may be two more pandemics on the way. They're saying, are you going to stand up or are you just going to say, yeah, okay. We're going to go with you on this one. No, we're not. We're not. 
So that's what's going on there because we're not being held hostage to an illegal regime that has us stuck in a coup at present. But your best advice, my best advice to you is to speak the truth. Whenever God tells you, speak the truth. Because the truth will set you free. So God's trying to help you step up into him so you have an eternity. Stand up and be counted. Because the more people we get speaking the truth, the more this thing or this coup will realize we aren't tolerating them any longer. The good news, things are turning around safe and sound for you. Virtually, they're turning around safe and sound. And you know, at first, I'm going to be honest with you, when God told me this three and a half years ago, he made me make a choice. A lot of us read a, a line of demarcation within those four people groups that I think I've told you a million times, Rabbi Landry talked about. Uh, there were four people groups then, it's only two now, and I hate to use names, but he was the one who spoke it, so I'm giving him credit, site sourcing. Um, but there were four people groups, we told you about the first one, said, no thanks, don't want your info, see you later, have a nice life. The second group said, well, we're kind of afraid we're going to stay stuck with the first people group, see you later, have a nice life. The third people group were like, hey, we've got grave clothes on, we're going to go with you inside, and God said, nope, see you later, have a nice life, I'm taking this fourth group. The fourth group is the, the, the people that said, you know, God, I don't know where you're taking me, but I trust you. I trust you. And so I want to go with you wherever you want to go. I want to go with you wherever you want to take me. And so God made us make a choice back then. He made us enter into a line of demarcation within two groups that even started way back when. And he made us, hey, Misty. And so he made us choose which people group we were going to reside within, whether it's going to be the people um, that were trusting him and coming forward in him, or whether you're going to stay the same and not come inside, which is where our story now currently resides. And so things are turning on a dime. <clears throat> and it began three days ago for those who chose to come inside. It's a new shift. To push the truth inside to where Americans, Christians all over the world would know God hadn't forgotten them. Isn't he good like that? He's just good like that. For you personally, God knows you're weary. He knows you're a very, very tired bride. And it's taken a lot for you to begin to come inside to abide in his presence. Many actually are on information overload. If you found yourself pushing the news away, that's understandably so. He knows you're tired. But you do, if you have come inside, you sense the shift and you're moving towards freedom as God brings the obedient in. It's been a fight. It's been a fight, but the black cats are not uh, winning. They're actually worn down and now they look like clowns running to and fro trying to find out which way they need to go because their leadership has been dismantled. So now nobody knows. <laughs> nobody, they don't know where to go. Like a bunch of cockroaches scattering all over the place as the lights are now turned on to force them into the open, into open disgrace. Hallelujah. That's all I can say. So this do as I say and not as I do mentality is no longer coming through to the people looking for truth. We're not buying it anymore. Like, like, don't tell me what to do. And then you're doing something else that doesn't follow through that. We're not buying that on any of the seven mountains anymore. We want straight up truth, especially in church. 
Did you think God had omitted you? <laughs> he starts with judgment at the church of the Lord first. So, we've all had enough for the lack of truth, and hence we're beginning to gravitate to groups of those who will stand with us to push everyone through. If your heart is true. I don't know about you. That's my heart. I want everybody to make it through. Although it may seem like on here, I, I get frustrated with some of you. I do. I'm as, I'm as human as some of you. I'm as human as you. But in my honesty, I mean, I want everybody to make it because there's power in numbers. That would be kind of stupid, don't you think, if I didn't root for that? So it, it doesn't make sense to me why people choose to stay outside, but it's really more of a perception and an unholy reality that keeps them stuck there. So we've got to help them find their way in to coming out of these unholy mindsets that keep them stuck, not allowing them in, but stuck outside. <clears throat> Spiritually, the cult's never going to stop doing what the devil has them doing. You might as well just accept that. You're going to be fighting them until you go home. Okay? And the enemy has now resorted to using macro, micro spells across big regions to affect as many people groups as they possibly can through spells, magic, and laws. You know what they're doing? Uh, let me mark my place here so I don't lose my place. What they're doing, have you ever heard of ley lines? I think I've been talking to this about like the last three weeks where I've talked about PowerPoints. Um, a PowerPoint actually or a ley line, first of all, is a line between PowerPoints. And a PowerPoint itself is a coven or a grotto. A grotto is a satanic group. That's the name they use for their groups. But covens and grottos are the PowerPoints between ley lines. And demons travel on these ley lines. You've heard of matrixes, grids, ley lines, trade routes. You've heard of some of this lingo, <clears throat> maybe, if you're in a higher level intercession. Well, what they do when they cast spells over regions is they have certain PowerPoints doing rituals and ceremonies and spells, magic, applying magical laws, different types of universal laws all over the world at the same time to try to cast big swaths of macro spells over a people group to control those people groups with witchcraft. Hasn't it ever dawned on any of you? Why people are acting so weird and not in their right minds, calling right wrong and wrong right. Because if you know anything about witchcraft, it's witchcraft's main objective to control your mind. Hello, whose mind are we trying to achieve? You can come join us over here, Angeline. We're on YouTube. It's good to see you, man. Great to see you. But whose mind are we trying to achieve right now? We're trying to achieve the mind of Christ, right? So the devil copies everything God does. He just does it illegally. So you're having to learn about your enemy in order to step up into true intimacy with the king to overcome the devil's ways and step up into God's ways. If, and we're teaching you about that through Ezekiel's will to teach you how to move through the heart of God, through the seasons of God. And you've got to learn how to manage C2. C2 is the biggie for everybody because you, you're fighting uh, strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire at the same time. And God does it very strategically. He does it on purpose to make you choose who you're going to serve, him or you. So that's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal with where we stand. Hence, we have people 
getting stuck in the strange fire and their mind, they're losing their minds. They're acting like weirdos. I mean, and, and they're being controlled by demonic entities that are in that stuff, that are in the spells and the magic that are over these regions. Hey, you joined us over here. Good to see you, man. It's good to see you, Angeline. So anyway, so what's hitting you spiritually? I just said a little bit of it. <clears throat> but God, the God of all truth is now coming into the room to do some house cleaning from all the gunk in the spiritual atmospheres as intercessors work with him to get their prayers heard. Are you getting your prayers heard? That's a big time key right now in this hour. If your prayers aren't being answered and you're getting your butt kicked on the battlefield, chances are you're not inside. Chances are you're not part of the bride. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. And three-fourths of the church are not. Remember the three people groups I told you about at the beginning of the conversation. That's why God's having me do Pete and repeat constantly over and over again to make people look at themselves. We have to take a good long look at ourselves if we want to have intimacy with the king. Because let me just tell you something. <laughs> How do I say this, God, nicely? If you had a date with somebody... Let me just use myself as an example. This is the fairest way. If I had a date with a guy and I showed up looking all raggedy, I showed up looking raggedy jeans. Some people do that and I think that's cool. I mean, I mean like unwashed, unkept, unkept hair, makeup all jacked up, uh, maybe no hygiene. I don't know. Whatever it is that people do. Thinking that that was going to impress somebody. Maybe I didn't know how to behave. Maybe I didn't have good manners. I don't know. You, you be you, but would that impress you? No, you'd be probably like trying to find the nearest exit thinking, have, you'd be like texting somebody saying, Hey, call me in five minutes and tell me we have an emergency. <laughs> I've done that too, <laughs> but seriously, would you? No, you'd be like, get the heck out of here. No, go clean yourself up. You would not ever do that with monarchy. Ever. Do you see how people show up towards in front of monarchy? They're cleaned up. They have their Sunday best on. They have, they're dressed to the nines. Sometimes wearing beautiful hats and they're absolutely exquisite. They look their best. And so this is what the groom is looking for right now. Jesus, he's coming back looking for his bride and she looks all jacked up on the inside. Let's just call it what it is. Some of you look jacked up on the inside and the outside because of how witchcraft has bushwhacked you. And so your hair looks all bushwhacked like you've driven through the trees on a horse and you got caught up in the trees like Absalom. Your hair's all up everywhere. Got birds in it. And now you want to come inside. You want to sup with the king and God's like, no, 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 no. Don't know them. Nope. They don't look like me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. that's a hard pass no no okay so let's go on so the only prayers being heard then in this hour are from the bride of christ she's gotten herself cleaned up and she's coming inside you know and the lord this is interesting how the lord had me use this today because he said you know it's one thing to use my word because god is the word <clears throat> in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. But if your heart is wrong and not cleaned up, God says, I don't have to answer it because of the spirit 
using it. The Spirit bears witness with the Spirit. So Jesus in you prays to God above you, and God can't deny himself. But if it's a demon that you're freezing to get delivered from, you jacked up date, if you're on a jacked up date with the groom, and it's you're not who you say you are because Jesus thinks, you think Jesus doesn't see he walked in the room, and, and it's a demon praying to God. And he's like, <laughs> we ain't going to be seeing each other anytime too soon. In fact, I'm getting away from you. And God says, I'm not going to honor that word. Matter of fact, Lamentations 3, 30, 70, 38, it's probably fixing to activate. Where it says, if God didn't speak it, it has to fall to the ground. Imagine that. Balaam, boom, Balaam. Your time is up. You're not part of the bride. You become a Balaam and you're profiting and you're, you're prophesying. actually. It's not prophesy. It's not decreeing a thing. It's, it's an abuse of God's word, an abuse of the fivefold giftings. You understand your fivefold giftings are tools for only Jesus to use. And you don't say what he said. You don't say uh, what you say. You say only what the king says. And you only do what he does. This is part of this new spiritual level we've entered into. But if you're not part of the bride and you've not come inside because you thought you knew more than God, <clears throat> matter of fact, many of you right now have been abusing God's word and your fivefold gifts, and you think that you know more than God, but you've gotten left behind. So God says, I'm coming back now. I'm trying to bring more with me inside. And I'm coming back for a pure-hearted, a pure spotless bride. A bride that knows how to war. A bride that hates Jezebel. But she is a bride of secrets. And she doesn't kiss and tell. Do you know how to keep secrets? The secrets of the king. you know how to understand deep intimacy with the king? As he subs with you daily, showing you great and mighty things? Hmm. Because the king is now having his bride take her seat next to him in the cosmos. That's a terminology that a lot of people don't use. And I was worried that it might throw some people off. But sincerely, if you're trying to come close to the king, you're going to be learning new things in this season. So, you know, the Bible says we're to be sons and daughters of Issachar, knowing the signs and the times. Okay, I've talked a little bit about the Zodiac. I'm not New Age, <clears throat> but you've come out of somewhere. God designed it all. He created it all. One clock was hijacked. That's the Zodiac. That's your personality and who he bore or birthed you to be. You have gifts on your vessel. You were born with a, a mandate and a destiny. But if you didn't get saved, then that's all you get. You're earthbound. You're stuck. But if you get redeemed, you come into salvation, then the Maseroth, it's in the book of Revelations, it's laid on top of the old clock, the devil's clock, that keeps you earthbound and stuck. And so the Maseroth gives you heavenly abilities. It's God laying his personality now onto yours for redemption purposes. Okay, guess where God resides? Guess where God resides, if you haven't heard this terminology. He resides in the heavenlies. What are the heavenlies? What's another word for the heavenlies? Cosmos. The cosmos. So don't get jicked out by terminology. 
and turn it off thinking, oh, that's not God because you haven't gotten free from religion yet. God's trying to bring you out of the old by and by. He's trying to bring you up higher as a bride. And that was part of that trust test of coming inside at the beginning three and a half years ago where he said, I'm fixing to teach you great and mighty things. I'm giving, telling, I'm going to be telling you the secrets of the king. I'm going to tell you how to, I'm going to teach you how to teach, how to keep time again <clears throat> with me. <clears throat> Pardon me. So that you know what time it is and you know how to move through my heart again. That's what our mission is. That's what our mandate is here at Ezekiel's will is to teach you how to understand how to move through the seasons of God's heart. And it's, it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to come back to the king, come back to the ancient of days and back to his ways. It's a fight that we've entered into. Because guess what happens when that happens? You get your life back. You get your country back by getting God back on your vessel because God is your hedge. Job 1.10, which brings us to Job, ironically enough. Isn't that funny? God is so funny the way he does things. Um, have you ever been disgusted with religion? Have you? And you knew you were in God's will, Job? You knew that you hadn't done anything and you hadn't tried to pick a fight. You, didn't, you had full intentions of doing everything he told you to do with all your might. And, you know, Job actually found himself in a pickle because he was trying to figure out what in the heck was going on and everybody seemed to know what was going on around him, yet they were all wrong. They were all wrong. And this is because some people, all I've ever known, all they've ever known was having the ability to pretend they had it all together. They, they kept a mask on. Hey there. But Job knew he didn't have it all together. Job knew he was flawed. But the one thing he did know was that he was righteous and he was right before God. Job knew also that in, although imperfect, he was also in God's will. And so this whole situation that he found, found himself in, I think it kind of made him feel kind of ill. Like what, what is he did? He got head boils on him. So I mean, it kind of made him look, look around. Have, have you felt like that? As a persecuted bride, lately, this may be some of you right now as God's brought you inside. And all of a sudden, all this persecution has reared its head against you. And you're kind of like, what? Where did this come from? I thought I was doing what God told me to do. This makes no sense. And yet all these religious people around you have all these opinions. And they have all these things that they would tell you. And it's like, go over there and stand over there in the corner because you're not of God right now. This is not God. And because you can discern things, your gifts have been cleaned up. And it's like, none of this makes sense to you. This is kind of how America feels right now. But Job knew this too. Job also knew if he were the one that were going to go speak to these friends of his, he would most definitely not have addressed them from the same spirit that they were addressing him through, which was a level of superficiality. And he would have spoken to them at their point of need, to where they would have hopefully found answers and comfort to help know what direction they were heading into. <clears throat> Praise the Lord! Oh, I know God is so good. So this is but this is what religious people do because this is what we're surrounded by right now. They're all around you. 
They're people that have chosen not to come out and through. So they have no wisdom. They only have the flesh. They have the Bible. They might throw a few scriptures superficially out there for you to think about, but usually they have nothing to do with what you're going through. Doesn't that irritate the crap out of you? That irritates me. I'll just say, call it what it is. Nothing irritates me more than for some superficial, surfacey person to throw me a word. They haven't any more read it. They haven't sought the Lord. Like, well, you know, Job, blah, 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 says, you know, God's, God never gives you more than you can handle. And it's like, shut up. That's not God. That's rude for me to say like that, but I'm not going to apologize because it's the truth. It's irritating. It, it's, it's inconsiderate, actually. And it's like, why do you even open your mouth if you don't have anything to say? See, this is the problem in the body today. People think that they have something to say about everything. And they, they think everybody's got an opinion about everything. And everybody thinks that their opinion matters. And this is what technology brings because we think it's our business to be in everybody else's business, but yet God hasn't spoken to you. He hasn't said one thing to you. So if he hasn't, keep your mouth shut. The rest of us are trying to come through. And we're listening. We're trying to hear. Really listen for what God has to say. And we're not doing anything unless it's his way. So, this is what religious people do to you. But instead... Instead of coming through and giving you wisdom that you need. Um, they kind of wear people out, actually, too. Kind of like being used by the devil to do what he does today. The devil did say, or the Lord actually, forgive me. The Lord said in the word, he said, in the end times. And now we're not totally there yet. We're heading there. But we're not at the end end yet. We're, I think this is a trial run. For the enemy, they're trying to see what they could get away with. But I also believe that he's trying to wear people out. And in the Bible, it's stated at the end times, the enemy would use times and laws to wear people out, to wear the saints out. So time, it's all a fight about time right now. Do you know what time it is, Issachar? Do you know? Do you sit beside Christ in the cosmos? Do you understand these higher things of the spirit so you can intercede as a bride? Did you even come inside? Because this is the problem with the bride, right? Or if you're even called to as a part of the bride, this is the problem though. People are choosing to do things the old way. And God's like, nope, that's not the move that's going on today. So Job was a man like this who God allowed, God allowed this, notice this, God allowed his testings and all the persecution, he's allowing yours. And he allowed people around him to gape at him, to scorn at him, to shoot their arrows at him for no reason. And it befuddled him. Is it befuddling you? It is me. <laughs> it was at first really badly, really badly. I was like, have these people lost their minds? God, and I would go to God. I'd run in and out of heaven, in and out of the courts of heaven. I can't tell you how many times. Getting mad at God. What are you doing? Why are you allowing this to happen to me for? And God's like, pow down, brown cow. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to give you the more. 
And so Job didn't realize that he was in a battle. And then he wanted justice. Because he knew God was always good. He wanted vindication. Which is kind of how most of America feels right now. But especially the true bride of Christ. Because we're observing the fakes all around us. And we know that it's not the way that God abides. We know that. We know that that's not who love says he is. And so we have these people coming at us with their superficial Christianity. And we're kind of like, nope, that's not God. Nope, that's not God. Nope, that never was God. I don't know who you thought you were serving. And and then we're kind of like, who do you, who is who are these people? I don't know about you. That's what I've been thinking. Thinking, how did y'all get caught up in that? But see, God warned us. He's been warning us for four years, telling us to come inside, get cleaned up. He stressed the get cleaned up part really big time so that we could even be uh, allowed entrance into the feast as the bride. Remember the five or excuse me, the 10 virgins, five were left outside. They didn't keep their lamps lit. They didn't have new wine. They didn't have fresh oil. You know how that's created? Oil is created in the wheel of time, the Ezekiel's wheel. You have a, a wheel over your life. You have one over the ministry. If God has you in ministry, um, you have one over the world. That's why it's been a fight over time and laws. And so it's how well you know the word. Okay. But in the natural, it's going on in the natural and by the spirit at the same time. And so the wheel itself then is a wine press. Every year as you learn to press your way through God's heart and you go through these pressuresome things where we have to learn what God has to say about a thing and we have to seek him with all of our might, being willing to get rid of us so it's more of him or you won't come inside. So this is how most of America feels right now, observing the fake church, but they're also fakes in the government mountain as well, showing one side of themselves publicly and then acting another way privately. And then all the news comes out and we see all the parties on the side and they're mocking the public and saying, yeah, they're so stupid. They have no idea what we're doing. It's like, hey, God does. The prophets do. Thinking nobody sees. But this is known as spiritual schizophrenic. It's a spiritual schizophrenic side of fake Christianity. Inconsistent. It's untrue. They have as do as I say and not as I do behavior. Not ever thinking God would hold them accountable for their wrongs for superficial living. For the bride, I've got good news for you. For those of you who have been true. And for anybody who thought that they knew, the Lord says, I'm their mediator and I'm teaching them to abide leaving all spiritual schizophrenics on the outside to wonder what happened until they decide to do things my way. And no court case in heaven will stand up to those walking in truth or his ways because they're coming back to the ancient of days. Is that you? Bottom line, if you want to know the truth about this whole situation, is that God gave you a choice. He said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. You cannot serve two masters. You're either going to 
bow down to one and negate the other or vice versa. It's always that way. But you get to choose to live in the truth. And until you do, you're not going to be safe from what's coming. And God's not obligated to protect you like he did Job, like he's doing the bride. Because true righteousness, when you choose to walk within it, has no room for fakes. So God said it's time to get real. Time to get real with yourself. Because the problem in the church is that many are unwilling to come out of their marketplace cutthroat mentalities. I couldn't believe God used that word with me today. But it's true. They have these mentalities that they operated in. Some in business, they've come out of business. I came out of business. But we can't bring that in with us into the church. God said, some of you allowed it in because you just got bitter. You got jaded from having to deal with the world. But the majority of you got bitter because you chose not to deal with you. And if you're going to be used by me, says the Lord, and might and empower in this hour, then you're going to do whatever I tell you to do to get rid of you or the fleshly side of you. Because your cutthroat mentality isn't welcome on the spiritual level with those spiritual laws that have been activated against people that choose to behave like you. Your, cut your cutthroat mentality can get you killed at this place. Do you understand? It'll get you judged instantly for touching anointings, for touching and putting your mouth on people. You got to know what he's saying. You only say what he says. You only pray what he prays. That's the way to get your prayers answered. Not what you feel like praying because you're angry at somebody and you're, I'm just going to get you in your cutthroat mentality. And God's like, yeah, stay outside. You're not mine. That's what he's saying. So if you're having a hard time seeing that in yourself, then maybe, and maybe you've been raised in church and just unattentive to what's been going on in your heart. But if so, you've got blind spots. Because God's ways aren't your ways. Because if you know anything about Job, in the end of Job, if you know the story, God punished those who put their mouth on Job or the bride. He was part of the bride. And he was touched unjustly. And God punishes the wicked because only God knew Job's heart. Only God knows the bride's heart. Those he's asked to come inside and take part. He did from the start, just like he knows the true bride today. Is that you? 1 Corinthians 16, 1-24 talks about true service. Remember last Tuesday I talked about why are you here? Why are you in church? Why do you go to church? Can you identify that? And you give an honest answer to that. Because if you know the end of what Job gave an account of, he depicted the true church. But your serving should never be based on what you can get. It's all about giving. It's all about being others-oriented love. True love is others-oriented. And the problem that we see on the government mountain or the church mountain, the business mountain, the media mountain, all these different aspects, education, is 
a group of people who are self-serving people, only there to line their own pocketbooks. God's calling these people out now. Instead of being there for public service. But when we get our eyes off ourselves, do we begin to step into the true law of love and the law of giving and receiving where the true blessings reside? These are the places where God promotes you. Where he blesses you. Not you blessing yourself or making yourself at home through other people's pocketbooks, causing them to suffer. I heard a prophet speak the other day, and it was so real. I won't say his name. If he listens, he knows who it is. But he made a really valid point about how some leaders are, are abusing the honor clause. And God is a God of honor. Don't take this wrong at all. Matter of fact, in this new move, he's all about honor. He's bringing you back so you can stand up in who he called you to be. But in the fake church, they abuse that honor clause saying, you need to honor me, not him, man. And God's like, nah, that won't stand. Mm -mm. Well, you see people having their, what do they call it? It's on a tribe. It's They got their crew or they got whatever. They got their whatever, and they've got all these people around them. And I believe in armor bearers. I believe in all that stuff. I think that's needed to protect leaders. Uh, but they made people so paranoid about honor that they don't even know how to be. I mean, it's like, am I honoring the leader? Am I doing this right? Am I, am I prophesying this right? Am I da 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 And it's like, just relax. We're just trying to teach you how to step back into the basics of love to where you can step back into things from above and come in or in. But see, if you know anything about Jesus, <clears throat> think about Jesus, man. When Jesus recruited the disciples, guess where he found them? <laughs> this is what's blowing the church's mind, the fake church's mind. Because Jesus is doing the same thing today. He found a bunch of recruits on the boat docks. Some of them cuss like sailors. Some of them some, some, somewhat stayed that way, like Peter. Peter cussed until God actually transformed him. He cussed like a sailor. That's all he knew. So God's not expecting you to be and put on these fake masks to appeal to men. And that's the problem I think everybody goes through. I think that when you come and you get saved, everybody tries to present a side of themselves that they think other people expect them to be. But what if I were to tell you, Jesus just loves you. He just loves me. He loves us just like we are, flaws and all. Because when you go home, you're going to take the mask off anyway. <laughs> you're going to be who you really are. So why not do it all the time? Wouldn't that be a novel idea? Because God loves you just like that. He saved you just like that. You can't be but who you are. And if it's going to be transformed, if there's going to be transformation going on, guess what? He's going to do it, not you. You can't be a chameleon for people in order to come through. You can't do that. So this true <clears throat> service that we're talking about, where we let God promote us and we Understand that it's not a one-sided relationship. We know how to give and take. We know how to work as a team. But we're there to see what God wants to see. 
and do what God wants to say. And we truly know the warm love of the King and it's giving and receiving to make sure people, God's people get what they need and what he wanted them to have so that they too can learn how to fish and be blessed. Not just the ones teaching or preaching or making the laws or selling. Because this is how cold love operates. You know which one you're in and how to differentiate. Do you? Do you? Because I can discern it when people give me pat answers about things. And they they say what they think I want to hear about things instead of being genuine and honest. But so does the king. So does the king. And if you know anything about this passage, Paul and Timothy actually understood these things as well. And they had a deep love for the church. And they depended upon God's people to pray for them as leaders. They understood honor. But they also understood the truth. And they had the right heart from the start because that's what motivated them. They were in it for no other thing but to honor the king. They knew Christianity was never about them. It was about love. Love, steadfastness, and devotion that drew people to the church. It was about these leaders helping people to be refreshed in the Lord and in love. Not selfishness. The truth from above. This is God's truly devoted bride. They existed back then, and they came inside then, and they're doing it now. Again, is that you? I hope so. I hope so. So it brings us to Psalms 40, verses 1 through 10. Ooh, this was so good today when I read this. I thought, ooh, this is a right now word. When it's talking about David waiting during the persecution. Have you ever been in a waiting process? Have you ever been thinking, ah, when is this going to be over with God? And you're having to suck it up and do things. That's, that's God's training ground, by the way, teaching you how to do things God's way. And you're having to, you're being tested left and right about your choices, you know, your thought patterns and, and how you're going to respond and not react to things like you used to do in Egypt. And you're trying to stay uh, and, and make it through the suffering. <clears throat> But this is what happened when David was experiencing the trials at the hands of his enemies. And he about had enough. How many of you have had enough? <laughs> I can relate. Oh, I was there yesterday. Okay, there you go. Okay, but he also knew how to wait on God until God worked. <clears throat> so he went from a pit to a highway <clears throat> and from a miry clay to a rock. He became fortified, fortified as he came inside. And then he learned how to abide. Do you know what abiding means, by the way? I'm going to get off track here for a second, but it's important. You write my little checkpoint where I pick up where I left off. Abiding means spending time with God. Do you spend time with God every day? Sincerely. Do you spend time with God to find out what he has to say to you for that day? Because if, if you do... When you sup with the king and you spend time with him and he speaks to you about things, it gives you great peace 
and it keeps your mindset off your suffering <clears throat> because you're learning the heart of God in that moment. But at the same time, let me say this, if you're not getting free from you, then you're going to look at the word of God through a wrong perception the way you used to do. Okay. So you've got to get freedom to get you out of this confinement in order to come up into heavenly things. And this is what helps you to sup with the king, to get the true king's decree. Hopefully this is you. But David knew how to abide. <clears throat> it also taught him this waiting, taught him how to stand. <clears throat> Sorry. So he could take the land. Even when he was sick and tired of standing and waiting, he, he got really just tired of this test. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm so sorry. But you know, it's funny. At the end of a test is usually when you think you're not going to make it, is usually when it's over. It's about to be over. And this is where we're entering into right now. Is this you? Is this where God has brought you to? So, and our ability to stay devoted to God and to love, <clears throat> instead of throwing temper tantrums because of the waiting process we have to go through, it allows us to see who is who in the body of Christ. Those choosing to remain in the flesh and then those wanting to give God their best. These are the two people groups that we're now observing while God finishes this test. And my question to you is this, and I really want to encourage you by saying this, because God just told me this yesterday. He said, hold on, Missy. You're almost there. Just hold on. It's almost over. And I'm going to tell you that, but can you suck it up long enough to make it across the finish line? Are you going to go back to Egypt Get this next page to the old by and by. Back to the nothing, the nothingness, the barrenness, being a slave to sin. Being a slave to everything that kept you from entering in. Back to serving the curse and doing things the devil's way. Because believe it or not, everybody gets to choose. We get to choose as to whether we'll change and be changed. It's the choice of a lifetime, which gives you fruitfulness and power or to leave you outside in this hour. So the proof is in the waiting. So the overview, before I wrap up today, let me give you an overview real quick. I told you I was going to start giving you these things as we wrap up on this Friday. <clears throat> to me, this is what this says. It's about how the persecuted true bride has, has been. And just as Job's experiences were, they're going through a Job experience right now um, from the religious right, the people that claim to be gods, but they're not gods. They've chosen to stay outside. And so we're learning about love. We're learning about true love. We're learning to stand back up in the ancient of days in order to teach the dead church a better way. Not being self-centered, but being Christ-centered, which isn't one-sided. Because that's where our world is today. And, and I don't know about you, but I know love to be true blue. 
It's good, the pure and the noble, the lovely, everything about majesty. That's the love I know love to be. Which brings me to Proverbs 22.1. Based on Haggai 2.23. <laughs> it's all rhyming today. Okay, here we go. Okay, so this is what it states. <clears throat> A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. <clears throat> Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Both riches, silver and gold, and an honorable reputation, loving favor and respect are good. That's a different version. Is that you? What do you put your value in? That's what that all boils down to. Where do you put your value? In superficial things, things that pass away, or the things of kingdom? These are the things that keep you on your way. They keep you on your way. Wisdom. Wisdom keeps you. And then all these other things are added to you for having chosen the right thing. You put the king first in all that you do. I hope that's you. I hope that's you. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I do these every Tuesday and Friday, and I hope that you enjoyed the message today. I'm encouraged. I don't know about you, but I'm super encouraged. I always like to know where we're at in the scheme of things. It helps me to keep my life in check and to keep moving forward in alignment with God. I hope this brought you a lot of encouragement with where you're at. But until we talk again, you go have yourself a great weekend, and then I'll be seeing you on Tuesday. And we'll continue our conversation then. Love you guys. Bye-bye.